Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to The RW. I'm your host, Brandon Macy, and I am very excited to have somebody that I've had the opportunity to get to know in the last few years, uh, get to work a little bit, refer business back and forth a little bit, and just, we were talking about this off camera, but our families kind of getting to know each other. You know, your dad is always talking about me and my boys fishing pictures and stuff like that. And he's on Facebook all the time. And I feel like we've been connected for a long time, but our very own Nicole Cummins, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to be able to sit down with you for a little bit and, and kind of share, uh, what we've got going on and, and just all kinds of stuff. So, well, this is a crazy time. And, and let me say this, Nicole, uh, Cummins has her own brokerage right now, which is called true Houston. Yep. She was with Intero for a very long time with compass after that mm-hmm. and has been killing it in real estate for a very long Too time. Kind. You <laughs> seriously, like I, I would always see you posting things. And, and back when I was in real estate, I worked in, on the title side. And then I was VP of a mortgage company for a little while. And so obviously when you get involved in that world, you start looking at who the producers are and who the people that are not just saying that they're doing business, but are actually doing business. (laughs) And uh, sorry to all you real estate agents out there, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) But, but seriously, I always, I always followed you. I admired everything that you did. I I admire what you do now. And that is basically empowering, you know, your, your agents that work with you Mm -hmm. to, to go out and grow their business. And, and that's huge that you have the real estate acumen to be able to kind of feed into what they're doing and help them grow. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a we're a small team-based brokerage in the Houston Heights, but my agents are geographically located all throughout the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are an, an all-female team. Go ladies. Um, and <laughs> I'm and, offended right now. I'm, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but for the most part, they're all moms too. And, yeah. you know, I was, I was a single mom when I started into the industry and I really wanted to provide an, an environment to my agents and to my, my female agents and moms specifically that eliminated the barriers of entry and also the barriers of work, right? So um, we're very blessed to have a home in the Houston Heights. And when we when we got the home, it was actually already renovated into a duplex. And so my family lives on the first floor and we office entirely out of the second floor. When what that means is, you know, if, if I have agents that need to go on an appointment to show some property and they've got their kiddos, they can drop their kiddos off at our home. And we've got a girl's room. We've got a boy's room. We've got iPads. We've got my husband who will stay home and, and help yeah. the kids. And, and so it's, it's been very, um, awesome to watch the growth of my agents because they don't have to worry about um, the cost of childcare or, you know, having to to tote their kids along to appointments and feeling like they may be unprofessional because of it. Um, That was something that was hugely important to me when when I launched True Houston was to really provide that for my women. Well, that's great because, you know, there's a lot of single moms that are in real estate. It's something Mm -hmm. that you can kind of set your own schedule with. It's a great place for them to be able to make income and not be tied with, hey, I got to drive 
you know, an hour across town and be in an office at eight o'clock mm-hmm. and, and clock in and clock out at a certain time. And now what, what we know, because we've been involved with real estate for a long time is I think a lot of people look at real estate and go, Oh, I could do that. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you hear it all the time. It's kind of a thing where everybody just feels like they can become a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to people so many times, obviously did trainings, classes, so many things that we were doing and realizing that a lot of real estate agents that had been in the business for a long time really didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that had to do with uh, the way they present themselves on social media, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you know, most business nowadays takes place online. Yep. When someone goes to look at a house, yep. you can't go take pictures with your iPhone <laughs> and expect, I mean, how many times have you seen it? Oh my gosh, that drives me crazy. Um, if, if you're, you know, hiring a real estate professional, definitely work with somebody that has a, yes. a really in-depth and uh, knowledge of, of marketing and make sure that they use professional photography and videography and all of that good stuff when it comes to, sure. to marketing a property. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. In Houston, there are 40,000 licensed realtors. It's hard to believe. You can throw a rock into a crowd and you'll yeah. hit seven of us, right? Yeah. Well, everybody's got a friend who's in real estate, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so, the, and of course, because the barriers of entry are pretty low, um, it's it's a very easy career to get into. It's a very easy career to excel in, but it's also a very easy career to get lost in. Yes, I agree. And so partnering with good title companies, partnering with good brokerages and good team leaders and good mortgage companies, um, those that's going to be crucial for success yes. in, in the industry because your team will make you or break you. Yeah. It's true. And, and finding, you know, uh, one of the things that I know I struggle with on the title side, which I was in marketing and and business development is, is you, you also have a hard time from the other side, finding people who will be loyal and that you guys can really work together with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, to me, there's a lot of good title reps out there. There's a lot of good mortgage companies out there. There's a lot of good people out there but it takes a lot of sifting to get to the the strong people who will yes. do what they say, who will follow up with phone calls and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I got so used to trying to sell myself going, guys, if you call me, I'm going to answer. I'm going to call you back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And people would literally go, I can't believe you call me back. And I'm like, I can't believe people don't call you back. You know? Oh my gosh. And it, and that's a struggle in yeah. the industry. It yeah. really is. And and that just goes to to lend credit to, you know, you're only as strong as your team. Right. And, you know, I'm fiercely loyal yeah. to those um those partners and those affiliates that yeah. I work with. Um but it is it is a it's a very tough industry to be in. Um, especially when you go into it full time and you start getting busy and um you know, it's, it's one of those careers where you really do have to be mindful of your time, uh, yes. because it's very easy to, um, fall to having your phone on you 24 seven mm-hmm. and feeling like you have to be responsive 24 seven. Um, you know, and myself included, I fall sure. victim to that and, you know, I'll start answering client texts and emails at six thirty in the morning and I won't stop until midnight. And my husband's looking at me like, 
uh, hello, like <laughs> you didn't make dinner tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. Um, and, and so you really do have to be mindful of your schedule and of your personal time. And, and not only that, but mindful of um, the fact that it, it is okay to take time for yourself. Well, and you have to. And one of the main things, you know, when we were going around teaching classes to a lot of brokerages and, and we taught it in tarot and many of the offices uh, around town, but we taught time management because Mm -hmm. to me, that was one of the greatest challenges Mm -hmm. for a real estate agent is managing your time and letting people, you know, you have to control your own time. If, if you don't take that personal time in the evenings, people get burnt out. Mm -hmm. There are things that can wait until in the morning. Um, Now, sometimes there's things that can't, right. And that you have to respond to, but I think you have to categorize those things and go, this is something that can definitely wait. I mm-hmm. need to spend time with my family. I need to spend time with my daughter. Yep. And and those things are very important. Um, what are some of the changes that you're seeing right now with real estate? I know that it's still booming. I yes. mean, there's a they're selling like crazy. I've got a friend of mine that closed like eight properties last month. And That's uh crazy. Yeah. I That's know. That's awesome. I know. So I know that there are people out there doing it, mm-hmm. um, but what are some of the changes that you've seen in, in kind of the shift that this whole pandemic has brought yeah. on real estate? Yeah. So right now, um, I think the numbers, the numbers for July will be out in a couple of days, but the numbers for June were um, really, really positive. Mm-hmm. Really anything below $500,000 in the greater Houston market was just flying off the shelves. Yeah. Um, all of our listings that were sub 300, I mean, multiple offers uh, yeah. within days on market. So for us, it's moving very well. Um, the issue really right now is I think there's a lot of fear associated with having your home listed in the age of a pandemic, right? Letting people right. come in and out and how do you sanitize properly for that? And um, so we are short inventory right now. Our inventory year over year is down about 25%. Yeah. And what that means is if you go to sell your home right now, um, it will sell quickly and we're really not seeing a decrease in overall purchase price. I think, uh, year over year, it was down like 0.087%. So, I mean, literally nothing right now, the luxury market's been a little bit stagnant, but, um, that's to be expected. I mean, People are not out right now buying two, three, four million dollar homes. Right. Um, but it, it is going back to business as usual for those families that are, you know, looking to maybe move out of the city and get some space out in the suburbs. Right. Right. Maybe they want that pool or that home office because they're working from home. Yeah. Um, so those have been some of the shifts that we've seen also right now because of it, interest rates are crazy crazy low yeah um last friday they uh bottomed out at 2.98 percent for a 30-year fixed mortgage and that was for a regular conventional mortgage so va is a little bit lower than that yeah um which is an opportune time for our veterans to take advantage of home financing because interest is so incredibly low um the only uh, caveat to all of that, right, the lack of inventory and then the length of uh, contract time from beginning to end. Right. Because there's so many properties that are going under contract and so many folks are refinancing, um, that appraisal time, lag time is is 
is getting real long yeah. for us. Normally we could get those back in seven to 10 days and now it's taking sometimes upwards of two and three weeks. So, wow. And um, we, we've seen that before, maybe not to that extent, mm-hmm. but we've seen that happen before. And we've seen it where there hasn't been inventory mm-hmm. as well. And one of the things that I know that it's happening from the builder side a uh, friend of mine was working for a builder. They laid off a ton of people when this mm-hmm. first happened. And I know there's been many builders that have done that and basically halted projects that they were working on mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I know a lot of these neighborhoods, a lot of these builders, your mom works for a builder. Yep. So I know you've got your thumb <laughs> on the pulse of all that have either slowed down what they were doing. Some of them have stopped completely to try to see what's going to happen. So I know that when it comes to new inventory, uh, that's definitely slowed down quite a bit. Yeah. And with COVID restrictions as well, um, when you're building a home, you know, before you could have a couple different crews working on the home at once, right? Like if you had somebody up there putting roof decking on the roof and you had somebody inside doing sheetrock, that was totally fine. Right Now, because of COVID, you can only have one crew in the home, on the home, at the home at a time. And so it really does slow down the build time. But I will tell well, you... Well, and that's where they make their money, right? Yeah. Is by cranking those things out as mm-hmm. fast as they can and getting them closed as fast as possible. The longer that inventory sits on the ground, they're losing money on that. Absolutely. Daily. Yeah. Absolutely. The one thing that I will say, though, is your um, entry-level homes, right? Mm-hmm. So your first-time home buyer product, you know, that 150 to maybe 275. Do, do those still exist? They do. They do. My mama sells it starting at 194, I think. Well, there you go. Shout, <laughs> shout out to mom. Shout out to Mary Lynn's Catherine Biscamp because she'll um, be very happy that I did that. And uh, I'll have her write you guys a check. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's awesome. But, um, but I know, I know, you know, you talked about prices coming up a little bit. Yeah. I know, there was a time that there was a ton of inventory oh, tons. in that range and it's definitely a lot less than it used to be. Yeah. You, you know? can't, I mean, you can hardly find anything, especially new construction. I do know that, um, KB home and legend home specifically had their best months on market ever, wow. um, through quarantine. Oh, wow. Um, which is, which is, uh, definitely very interesting, but it just goes to show that there's so little going on market in terms of resale right? that, I mean, the buyers are having to go to new construction and they are having to wait out that six to eight to 10 month build time yeah. in order to, to get into their homes. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, I know that, you know, besides everything that you're doing and I don't know how you do all the stuff that you do, we're going to talk about some more of the community things and and things that you've done within the city of Houston. But I know besides everything you're doing with your brokerage, being a wife, being a mom, uh, being a daughter, all that, you are also running for office right now with HAR. Yes. And that's very exciting. In fact, voting is going on today, right? Yeah. So voting open today, um, July 27th. So whenever you guys are here in this voting will likely still be going on. So if you're a realtor <laughs> member and you're listening to this, please, um, doesn't matter who go you vote. vote for. Yeah, just go vote, right? Yeah. Um, so I am running for a board position for the Houston Association of Realtors, which is the largest trade organization in the state. Um, there's 40,000 members. It is, it's large, right? We spoke about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm running to represent medium firms. So I have, a, like I said, I have that small independent boutique in the Heights. Uh, medium firms 
firms is categorized as between five and 24 realtor members okay. at the brokerage. And so um, that is who I'm looking to represent. And um, I'm, I'm really excited for the challenge and hoping that uh, that the election goes well. And if it doesn't, then it's not going to discourage me from trying again. Yeah. So, um, Well, like I said, I feel like you have been preparing for this. You know, you've been on many platforms speaking on behalf of of brokerages and, and agents and doing mm-hmm. all that. You've served on the state board mm-hmm. for how long now? Uh, this will be my second year on, on the state board. Okay. So, I mean, you, you've done that for a very long time. And again, to me, uh, and I'm not I'm not her campaign manager or anything. Do but you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure Heath is doing that right now. He may not want somebody to come in and, and hog his job. But, um, but you know, to me, you've got a, a good um, a good grasp on every aspect just because of what your family's been involved in, mm-hmm. you know, how many years you've been involved in it and working with builders and, and all this kind of stuff. And there is so much to learn about real estate. Again, you talked Ooh. about somebody getting lost. Yeah. Um, I know when I came into the world of real estate, it was just like, oh my God. Like, I first of all, I didn't realize there was 40,000 realtors mm-hmm. in Houston. I didn't realize how enormous it was. And we don't think about how big our city is, how diverse our city is. Mm-hmm. You've got so many foreign nationals coming in. And one of the things that I think helped me was the fact that I had worked, you know, I was the uh, branch real, uh, branch retail executive for uh, BBVA Compass right mm-hmm. by your house, actually, in mm-hmm. the Heights. And so a lot of that from the finance side, I had to learn about foreign nationals and documents and all of this other stuff that I was learning. And so that helped me a lot to be able to understand because every single person that you deal with, especially from a finance standpoint, it's like, it's like a snowflake, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is unique. Mm -hmm. Everybody has this, everybody gets paid some different way. They've got some stipend that's coming in. They got something that's not showed on taxes. How do we get this in? They had something way back in their past with credit. It's like, I mean, it's a lot. It's so much to know. And and when you're, when you're working with someone, whether it's buying or selling real estate, you're handling what is quite honestly their, um, their most important purchase of their life. Financially heavy purchase, right? And so really taking the time to sit down. And that was something that my parents have taught me, Mm -hmm. um, from a young age, especially since, you know, Walter's been in the mortgage industry for forever. And my mom's been on the builder side now for almost 20 years. And I've been in the industry myself for almost 10 and, um, really sitting down with them and understanding what those financial goals are and being able to understand their story. Every client has a story and has a goal in mind and understanding what that story is and making sure that you put the needs of the client first is, right. is so important well and not try to you know push them into uh, you know a, a pigeonhole basically mm-hmm. um 
that that they're not ready for and try to get them into something that they're not ready for. I know a lot of real estate agents will be like, oh, you're looking in the 150s? Well, let me show you this property that's 190. Mm-hmm. And that's not always beneficial mm-hmm. when, first of all, somebody might end up stretching themselves too thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you know is in the purchase of a home, just because you can afford that monthly payment, that's not all of it. No, there's it's not. a lot more involved. Yep. You know, first of all, you got property tax, you've got all these other things, but just owning a home mm-hmm. is monthly expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, and I'm not talking about you know your energy and utilities and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about what happens when this breaks and what happens when this goes bad and what happens when your warranty's out on your AC unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to it, and I think. You know, if we don't educate people mm-hmm. up front, they don't know that. And the last thing that you want to see is someone getting involved in something that they can't afford down the road. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, I live in a 110-year-old house in the Heights. And trust yeah. me, I know about that home maintenance cost. Because it's yeah. literally every other week in that house, something breaks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I... I worked construction for a long time, and I think we've already covered about 20 of my jobs that I've had. Um, (laughs) It's because I'm a lot older than I look, I guess. But uh, I worked construction for years, Mm -hmm. and that's honestly at the beginning of my whole work career. That's what I did the longest. Yeah. So I laid tile for two and a half years. I roofed. I did carpentry work. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In Houston, in Houston. Trust me. (laughs) I I tell my, my boys all the time, especially, I'm like, guys... I worked for real, like mm-hmm. where you're just sitting out in the sun from 7 a.m. In, in the morning until 7 at night and where you're wringing your shirt out because there's so much sweat. And uh, in Houston, it was brutal. But we worked a lot in the Heights. Mm-hmm. And again, as soon as you would go to do a remodel somewhere, you open the wall to realize Ooh. that there's no copper yeah. in there. And, you know, somebody decided to fix it. Somebody's uncle came in and did the plumbing. And it would be very interesting, to say the least. Oh, for sure. Every every house in the Heights is interesting, to say the least. <laughs> but that's what makes the Heights so cool, though, yeah. is <clears throat> the character in there. And that's, that's one of the things that I enjoyed when I was working uh, for BBVA Compass in the Heights, which I think they're now just called Compass mm. or now, or now BBVA. BBVA. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things that I enjoyed is it's like its own little town mm-hmm. in the middle of Houston. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so crazy. Yeah. And everybody in that little community knows each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody's working together. I would go do, you know, a loan for someone and they would be like, well, I'm going to tell my friend so-and-so to come in. It was very connected, mm-hmm. which is crazy because it's in the middle, kind of in the middle of Houston, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's so old. There's so much history there. It's a cool place. So much good food. Oh, so much good food. <laughs> yeah. There was a Cajun place that I used to eat at over there. We we're going to get sidetracked. I can't remember the name of it right now. But I have to remember it was so good. Oh. Little bitty hole in the wall Cajun place. Is it BB's? I can't remember. Oh. I can't remember. We'll BB's we'll talk. Good. We'll go we'll, back. We'll, to that. we'll have to go back to that off <laughs> off uh, off camera. But I'm excited about that. Hopefully, all that turns out well. Yeah, I'm um, I'm very excited. Voting goes through August fourth, and uh, so we'll know shortly after how that goes. But I'm I'm just excited and um, honored and blessed at the opportunity to yeah. be able to serve my association and and my industry in that capacity. Well, let me say this, Nicole, one of the things that has impressed me about you and, 
and I've sent you several people that you've helped mm-hmm. uh, get into a home, and they all had the greatest things to say about you. But one of the things that I've appreciated about you is really your servant heart. Um, and I, and I mean that in the time that I've gotten to know you, you know, we've, we've been involved in several things with the community Mm -hmm. this last year. One of the things that just totally blew my mind was what you guys are doing with the super feast. Yeah. And you've been doing that for how Uh, many years now? This will be year five for us to serve every Thanksgiving and Christmas. And how many people are you guys serving food to every year on average up to 60,000 people between those two events that is so crazy so so that's through citywide clubs of houston Mm -hmm. which is a 501c3 that i had the opportunity to get involved with and you know when you when you think about god laying the path for you to meet certain people and become involved in certain things i just happened to be at a meeting for my very first super faced and and um at that time, I was single mom. My daughter was with her dad that Christmas, and I was just, I wasn't feeling like myself. Yeah. And I was sitting in this meeting, and I was like, you know what? Like, I, I'm just going to go serve. I'm going to keep my, my mind and my heart busy and, and kind of just focus on others during that time. Right. And, um, this gentleman sitting next to me, he's like, hey, so I know you're here. Like, what are you good at? What do you like to do? I was like, well, I really like talking to people. Like, <laughs> I'm good at that. Yeah. And he goes, so my dad's actually the organizer of this entire event. Our family's been putting it on now. And that's like, Pastor Woodard. Woodard, right? yeah. yeah. So it was Pastor Woodard's son. Okay. And he was sitting right next to me. He goes, um, I want you to help me work the stage this year. And so work the stage is just um, bring up the elected officials and kind of make them feel comfortable and, and work with them. Um, you know, sometimes we have celebrity guests and stuff that come in and, and kind of just help organize all of that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be wonderful. Like yeah. it would give me some, it was great for giving me purpose and it, it filled sure. my cup. And um, ever since then I've been hooked. So I worked that first Christmas and then I've been back for every Thanksgiving and Christmas since then. We feed um, roughly 60,000 Houstonians over the course of those two events. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come from any background. It doesn't matter if you're new to Houston or if you're um, in an underserved Houston community or you just need somebody to love on you during the holidays. Anybody is welcome. And uh, during the holiday season, especially um especially Christmas, um, we have the ability to bring in toys for the kids. We have Santa come in and, um, every kid gets to leave with a toy and then we do a lot of raffles for bikes. So we typically have anywhere between, um, 800 and 1200 bikes that are donated through, um, throughout the year, Mm -hmm. um, that go towards the super feast event. I know, and I know we're going to need a lot of help from our community this year with the super feast because I'm sure a lot of people are number one, going to be financially challenged but a lot of the organizations that help us um, meet those needs are also going to be financially challenged this year so it's really going to be an all hands on deck um an all hands on deck um, where can you where can you go if you want to be involved in that yeah so you can actually go online to citywideclubs.org okay and you can register to be a volunteer or you can uh donate Donate however you want um non-perishables are always a good idea for us um frozen frozen goods turkeys because you know those should hold for a couple of months yeah um and also if you if 
you or anyone you know has services that they'd like to offer, whether it's medical or haircut or job placement, or you've got extra clothes, yeah, we handle all of that during the event. That's what I was going to say. When we started walking around, and this was at the George R. Brown, mm-hmm. when we started walking around and I'm seeing people that couldn't get haircuts, they're getting shaves, they're getting haircuts. Uh, you have just tons and tons of clothes, mm-hmm. uh, toys for kids. There was bikes everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm just walking around looking at all this, and obviously everybody's getting a warm meal. Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity to get to serve people mm-hmm. a little bit while we were there. And it was just, you know, it, it was stuff like that to me, when you're involved in something like that, First of all, to me, there is nothing better than that you can do for yourself than serve someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, we get so caught up in what's going on with me and what's going on with my world and right. what's what little things, hashtag first world problems, mm-hmm. a, am I facing? And you go and see these families that are coming through the lines. You can tell that maybe they haven't eaten recently. Yep. You can tell that that maybe they're struggling financially and there they are entire families with their kids you know you know that they're not going to get a hot you know meal right and able to serve those people see them be with others you Mm -hmm. know where they're able like you said to be loved on a little bit it was so encouraging to me and i told you last year i said i'm in for this Mm -hmm. every year um and and i plan on doing that and would like to get my kids to be involved in that too, because I think there's nothing better than we can teach our kids to serve in that capacity and, and not always be thinking about what am I getting, but what can I give someone else? And sometimes it's just a smile. I I am good at talking to people, which I guess is why I'm doing this podcast. (laughs) Um, but I just enjoyed getting to crack jokes with people as they mm-hmm. went through the line and making people smile and yeah. commenting on their shoes and, hey, you know, it's good to see you and, oh, cute kid and all this. And and watching people's faces light up when you know that maybe they're facing a lot of darkness yeah. in the rest of their life. And the Bible calls us to be, what, salt and light. Mm-hmm. And so if we can do that just a little bit, it, it was amazing to me and seeing all the volunteers. How many volunteers are involved on a on a oh my annual gosh. basis? Um, it's hundreds and hundreds, right? Yeah, I think I think last year for Christmas we had close to seventeen hundred volunteers. That's so crazy. It was it was pretty. Yeah, it, but it's awesome to see everybody come out and everybody wants to mm-hmm. have a, you know, wants to serve and yeah. you know. Yes, you are giving up your Christmas Eve, and yes, you are giving up your Thanksgiving Day, but. The the people that are coming through that line, they need, they need love. Absolutely. And they need fellowship. And um, Bishop Woodard has just done a phenomenal job with his family keeping that going. He's been doing that for 50 years or something? Yeah, I think, I think it was 50 years. And it started out like a really small thing. It started out in, in his mama's kitchen. That's amazing. And then it graduated to the church, and then it graduated to the Holiday Inn, and then it graduated to the George R. Brown. And so now we have the capacity to feed thousands of people, and we have families that line up. We don't open the doors typically um, until 10 a.m. just because we are in the city of Houston, so we have to pass all of the rigorous health um, and food safety checks. Yeah, they were checking the food the whole time. It is tough. Um, But we have people that start lining up at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, that day and you can imagine Christmas I mean 
it's it's chilly outside. Yeah. And we have families that will wait outside for six, seven, eight hours just wow. to go in and get a warm meal. It's just, it's um, if you have the opportunity to go and and do that this year, and obviously this year is going to be a little bit different because we have to take special precautions with right, COVID. Right. But if you have the opportunity to do it and you're healthy enough to go get out there and, and give, yeah. um, I really recommend checking it out and, I agree. and and being able to serve. Well, it was a great thing, and I plan on being involved in it in some capacity um, as, as long as I, I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I think we were there on the Christmas Eve yes. is the one that we were able to, to go to. And uh, me and Torn and Brittany yep. came out there, and it was a great time. I mean, I loved being out there. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I plan on doing that. One of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about that, again, just speaks to you thinking of others all the time is what you did with the Livestock Show uh, booths mm-hmm. once it was shut down. And, in fact, we were at the rodeo the day before it shut down so we and we had had we had had tickets for later but we always bring the kids and just do a big carnival day where we don't do anything but carnival Mm -hmm. and so when we showed up i was like where is everybody i mean it was it was a ghost town literally we were walking around they weren't opening the rides until like later in the day because Mm -hmm. so few people were coming and I was like, that's when it settled into me that this whole COVID thing was was real. Yeah. Because I saw it firsthand at, at the Livestock Show where usually it was spring break week yeah. that we were there. Yep. And it's usually packed. Oh, my gosh. You, know, you have to wait 20 minutes oh, to get on a ride. <laughs> exactly. You can't even get on the tram. Yeah. And so it was so crazy. And then when they decided to shut it down, you know, one of the one of the greatest things was what are these vendors going to do who literally make their annual living on the livestock show? Yeah. I mean, that's I know I know some companies who are represented who literally make millions of dollars just during the yeah. livestock show. And it's enough to keep them afloat for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And then you go and that's completely taken away from you. Yeah. So, um after the closure of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which for, I think for the greater Houston area was the first, like, it was the first big aha moment that, yes. that COVID was for sure. was real, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't just this disease that was in New York and might've trickled down. Um, when they made that decision, obviously we were watching the news and I saw, you know, the vendors they were told, hey, you've got 24 hours to get your stuff out of here. But what a lot of people don't realize is it takes them seven to 10 days to build these booths out. Oh, yeah. Like, it is not just, like, the uh, NRG doesn't just provide them these booths. Like, they have to build it. Yeah. And um, to see the, I saw, I remember one woman, I don't remember what booth she was with, and I don't even know, I don't know if she's even a part of our group at this point, but I remember seeing her on there, and she's like, this is, this is my entire year and I'm going to be so poor because of this. And so I made a Facebook post the following morning and I said, look, I know these, these vendors are still in town. Um, and what can we do to support them and to shop from them before they scatter and go back to their, their homes? 
And uh, a good friend of mine, Kara Adams, Mm -hmm. reached out to me and she had some experience with building big Facebook groups. She had built one after Hurricane Harvey for some Harvey relief. And she said, hey, I think we can make this a Facebook group. And I think what we can do is we can start getting people in there. And when we start getting people and consumers in there, the rodeo vendors will come in and we'll figure out a way to make this whole thing work. Yeah. So fast forward, um, we started that page March 14th. Uh, fast forward to, you know, July, we have 175,000 shoppers. Oh my God. We have um, almost 200 vendors. And we have some vendors now that are really taking advantage of the platform to do more in sales yeah. um, through Facebook than they would have through the rodeo. And now with that's the ad- amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that is amazing. And now with the additional closures of fall festivals, uh-huh. you know, um, we don't know if there's going to be a fall nutcracker market. Right. Um, Which round, is huge. Yeah. Round top and uh, antiques market may not happen. Warrington may not happen. Uh, so there's a lot of, of these traveling vendors that go, they, right. they depend on festival to right. festival to festival. Most of them really weren't even set up for e-commerce yeah. when they came in. Yeah. So we had to help them set up websites, set up Facebook pages, oh. really be tech support. That is a huge job. Oh, you are that telling me. a huge me. job. Luckily, in the wake of COVID, um, when everything was very chaotic, yeah. you know, real estate wasn't doing a whole lot at the moment. Yeah. So I had a lot of time to kind of invest in their businesses yeah. and because um, trying to teach people that have never had a website before, that have never received any pay, e payments, yeah. anything What's else. Venmo? <laughs> What's Venmo? Oh my PayPal? god! Yeah. Um, to get them set up on e commerce was a was a monumental undertaking. Oh, I'm sure. But as of as of this point, um, we've tracked that we've done about three million dollars in sales in that group. That is amazing. And counting. Um, that is amazing. And for the hundred and seventy something or so families that are the vendors, we know that what we've done has created at least some type of normalcy. Absolutely. And security for them. Well, and honestly, what you've done, and and you said this already, they're making more money now long-term. I mean, you've set them up with something that's going to take them from here on out. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, we helped you guys through the rodeo, but you've literally helped them set up their businesses to be successful mm-hmm. long-term because there's a lot of people out there. Um, there's a lady that attends Royalwood mm-hmm. that sells candles mm-hmm. and stuff. And she does that at shows, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, never set up anything online. Oh. And, you know, what we know is first of all, repeat orders, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that you can get through being set up on a website. Yep. I mean, it can help you grow your business uh, immensely, especially with the day and age that we live in where literally everything is online. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to where the majority of things I buy is on Amazon oh, or on something that <laughs> delivers to me. Like I don't even want to go because you go to a store and find out that they don't have your size or yep. that they don't have this and online. It's always there. It's just there. It's yeah. just there, which is maybe a bad thing in oh, some aspects. It's, it's definitely a bad thing. It's introduced me to a lot of, things oh, I'm I sure did not 
I didn't know I needed it until I'm, I needed it. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially during COVID with downtime, that are like, oh, I guess I'll just go on and do a little bit of shopping. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm saying that you have literally helped them from here on out. And that's a huge job to help people get websites and everything set up. So my hat goes off to you Thank for you. doing that. I mean, I just wanted to ensure that these people weren't going to hurt. Yeah. And you, it the hurt was palpable. Oh yeah. Um, when we watch those news reports mm-hmm. and, um, and I mean, we've got one lady now, um, accessorize and style crystal. She's out of Glen Rose, Texas. Okay. And she did over 2,300 individual online orders, um, through doing live sales on her own page and through Texas festival vendors. That's awesome. And to know that. Yeah. What is that page again? So yeah. people can go visit it. Texas Festival Vendors. Okay. And it's a Facebook group. You've got to answer a couple questions um, to get in. And then we are also currently accepting vendors. So you said you've got the lady that does candles. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely send her our way. We'd I like will. to take a look that. at what she's got and see if um, see if she wants to check us out. Absolutely. I'll do that. And yeah. if, if you are interested in shopping, make sure that you go to that group, answer a couple questions. Yeah. And then you can get get in and do all that kind of shopping. You can buy as many turquoise things as you've ever seen in your life. So many things, turquoise (laughs) and sterling silver. And we've got clothes for the river. Like if, you know, you guys just got back from the lake. We just got back from the lake. Got a bunch of like koozies and just, there's all kinds of stuff on there. It's a a really great, um, and authentic to Texas. Now, can I buy the honey roasted pecans? Uh, because that's what I have to get every time I go to the livestock show on rodeo. So, so we don't have anybody right okay, now. Okay, somebody doing them. needs to get on there and get some <laughs> some honey roasted pecans. Yes, if if you're out there and you you do honey roasted pecans, please hit me up so Brandon can get please, you, can buy you please. out of stock. <laughs> I, I have to say, every time I go to the rodeo, like, I, and I think everybody's this way. Yeah, I have like the certain things that I yeah. want to get right. So, I mean, I'm not big into the turkey legs or the fried Snickers or any of that kind of stuff. But I have to get the little cone of... The pecans. Pecans. I mean, it's like a must. I have to do it every year. Yep. And I didn't get them this year. There is a lady on the page, though, and she's at the rodeo every year. She does um, cinnamon creamed honey. Oh, God. And that's a... For what we have right now, that's a stellar alternative. Okay. That sounds amazing. On some toast, it's so good. I'm going to have to try that. Yep. I'm going to have to try that. Well, I want to thank you for coming out today. Yeah. Uh, this has you. been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really excited. I hope everything goes well. If you have not yet voted, make sure that you go vote if you're a real estate agent. Go vote. You have until August 4th, August right? August 4th. And it's an email that came out from uh, HAR Big Pulse. Okay. So for those of you that don't read your emails, go, read them. go look at Big <laughs> Pulse, search for Big Pulse, and then you can go and vote for Nicole on that. I want to thank you again for everything that you're doing in our city. Um, obviously, our city is made up of families of individuals and what you've done like i said with the super feast uh what you've done with uh everything that you've done for the livestock show and for all of those vendors is just amazing uh so thank you for doing that for the city thank you for doing that for the great state of texas and i know that you will continue to do that so thank you very much thank you all for tuning in um, make sure that you go follow Nicole Cummins. Make sure that you follow uh, True Houston. 
uh, which is her brokerage. So if you are buying and selling a house, please reach out to them and then make sure that you follow us um, on IG, the RW podcast underscore on Facebook. You can go uh, see us on YouTube on our Royal Wood page. You can see us through uh, Roku TV app, through Apple TV app. We're literally everywhere. So make sure that you go watch us, like, share, uh, hit that uh, subscribe button. And we want to thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of DRW. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. If you want to see video content for this podcast, make sure that you go to Royalwood Church on YouTube. That's right below. Make sure that you click on the bell so you can be notified for new content. Also, you want to follow us on Instagram at Podcast underscore, Facebook at Podcast, and then brand new we've got the roku our roku channel where you can check out the podcast and also apple tv make sure that you tune in every week like and share this with someone that you think it would be a blessing to and we'll see you soon